lines. I don't see lines. There they are. Welcome to the weekly show, otherwise known as the Full Court Press, but we haven't called it that for some time because we haven't been at the Press Restaurant, but... A little birdie tells me, tells me, tells me, tells me. Tells me wow, for, we're starting this off for with whom bang. the for whom the bell tolls. Uh, Ernest Hemingway was a terrible human, uh, but apparently the press is open back up for people to come inside. So perhaps, Mister Chisholm Holland, we could be doing the full court press fairly soon. That's the goal. The goal is to uh, do it fairly soon. Truthfully, I am emailing them as we speak <laughs> yes. because I told you I'd do it hours ago and I forgot. Well, which you have to be used to that with me. By well, now. no, 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 no. It's five fifty-seven right now. You just got off ten minutes ago um, from the Triple M Ranch, and you texted me that right as you were about to go on the Triple M Ranch. So yeah, you were a little busy. By the yeah. way, I'm Brady Trantham, and I'm Chisholm Holland. Well, no, they already know that. Do they know that? I said, Mr. Chisholm no one Holland. knows that. I said, Mr. Chisholm Holland. Dead oh. air, dead air, don't want dead air. Anyway, so the NBA, some players are talking about, I don't want to play in Orlando. Chisholm, thoughts? Yeah, I, so I I guess I just missed, did this story come out yesterday? No, this this dropped, uh, so you called me at 5.15. This is like around 4.50, 5 okay. o'clock. That's all, okay, so I was worried I'd missed it before I got on the air, so then I'm trying to read as I'm on the air, which I just have to do sometimes to catch myself on. You just need to tweet Woj and say, can you not drop news from 3 to you know three to 6 Central yeah, Standard if, Time? If like, you that'd could, be great. That'd be awesome for me. Um, I think so, from what I understand, is that they are still expecting to sign the finalized agreement sometime soon. But there are now some hiccups because there's players concerned not only about uh, COVID-19, but also apparently the language of the current contract says that families will not be allowed until September, Yep. which means that players would have to go basically a month without their families. Um, and so the, the thought process is there is teams would be leaving at that point, families would be coming in, keeping the number low. Um, and so that kind of took the players by surprise, and so there's some apprehension there, and as well as... Uh, the social justice stuff going on right now. There's some players who don't want to uh, stop the momentum that's going on across our country, and they want to keep doing what they're doing at this moment. So those all seem to be hiccups, but to my knowledge, not big enough hiccups where there's a concern that it will cause an issue with the league returning. Yeah. No, it's, look, all these all these thoughts, all these reservations are... Did I hit everything? Because that's all I saw. That and... Um... I would assume just the public health concern of like, I don't want to put myself at risk either. Okay. So uh, all those are fine. Like there's nothing wrong with having those like, ah, I don't really want to go to Orlando because of these reasons. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong, but um, the NBA is clearly, you know, they're slow playing this. They've slowed play this this entire time. And I would hope that the players understand that the NBA is not just doing this to blindly make money. I would hope they understand that. And then as well, players are, Players need to make money as well. They've lost, you know, a significant amount of their um, salary and over the last three months. Just like you know, you know, you, me, everybody else in this country or all over the world dealing with pay cuts, job loss, or whatever. Um, all those things are fine. At the same time, though, the elite of the elite kind of came together and had their uh, Avengers moment on a Zoom call what a month ago, and basically helped spur this whole thing on. And I'm sorry, but when whenever Woj says like a little, like a small amount of players have had a, like Zoom conversations over the last 24 hours about all these reservations and whatnot, I think of okay, this was probably Dame Lillard and other teams 
on the fringes of the 22 teams that are participating in Orlando. Is that, am I being too cruel and pessimistic? Washington, I'm sure all of those players looking at each other go, why the hell are we here? Yeah. Uh, Phoenix, I'm sure they're all looking at each other and go, we don't play meaningful basketball. Why are we here? <laughs> uh, and now the Spurs at LaMarcus Aldridge. I, they, like those three teams, I can't even fathom why they feel like they're going to play basketball other than just to get the number well, see, of games the, the, Don't say the Spurs because they cannot have LaMarcus Aldridge and they'll still go in there and go five and, what, five and three? Or six, seven, eight? Yeah, five and three. Because they're the Spurs. Yeah. And then other teams will be like, oh, they don't have LaMarcus Aldridge or oh, this guy's hurt or this is the Spurs. Like, they're not good anymore and then they'll just like drop, you know, they'll go like 18 of 19 from yeah, the three-point line. Yeah, Brian Forbes all of a sudden is dropping 35. Oh, yeah, from downtown. Um, I mean, possibly, but I'm sure that those teams... Because if you remember earlier, the story was that every team approved the uh, agreement except for Portland. Yeah. Uh, and that was, oh, well, Portland, you know, that was on behalf of Damian Lillard because yada, yada, yada. So people were kind of reading that as that was the player's vote. That was the owner's vote. Of course the owners voted for everybody to come back. Yes. Of course they voted for basketball to come back because they're financially, you know, liable for everything that's been going on. And it's about $500 million to play those additional eight games. So, of course, they voted yes. Now, the players are actually, I would say, a little bit more question because obviously they're risking more. They're risking their health. Um, so I could get that. So maybe the Phoenix Suns players are going, yeah, what? we're not going to make the playoffs. Why would we come? The Washington Wizards are saying, we're not going to make the Why would we come? You should have sucked more, Phoenix. Yeah, Clearly, well, you didn't suck enough. They did, well, if you remember, didn't they start the season off like 6-3 and three or something? Yeah. And, um, and everyone's doing the Devin Booker has arrived. Yeah. And then they played the Thunder like two or three times in like the first month. And those yep. were like the two or three games that the Thunder had won when they started off, what, two and eight? Something like that. And they were like really bad at the beginning of the year. No. Um, look, I, I, I just don't know how you can make this all happen because so many things have to be checked. So many things have to occur. Um, if you want to have a good postseason with the teams that are going to be in the postseason, I'm sorry, but they have to have cannon fodder to practice against. You can't just practice against yourselves for an entire month in June, and then expect to have a flaw, a flawless as possible transition into playing, you know, the four or five, you know, Thunder Jazz or right. you know, wh- whatever Denver Houston. It would be a sloppy, sloppy shit show. The NBA doesn't want that, so they have to have some regular season games, and then also they have to make the, as much money back as as possible because they lost a ton. They're not going to make it all back this yeah. season, um, and I don't have the numbers. I don't have any idea of the numbers. The only idea that I have is that each season does have influence on the following season in terms of like how much money the league is uh, generating, how much money the players are going to get, collective bargaining agreements, all that stuff. I would imagine if they just said, we're going to cancel this season, that would have terrible ramifications for next year, the year after, and the years moving forward in terms of all those factors. So I hope that the players understand that, yeah, you're millionaires – and this doesn't really affect you even when you have to take pay cuts. Yeah, like that's fine. But if you have this mentality of I don't want to play because I just simply don't want to be away from my family for a month um, when it's just more so I don't want to be uncomfortable when these games are meaningless. None of these games are meaningless. If you're making money, they have meaning. And if you can't see that this Orlando scenario does have positive influences for the following season, the season after that, then you're just not looking at it in the right way. And that's, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the factoids. You know, I'm not John Hamm. I don't have all that vast knowledge of the cap. But it would just make sense that that would be the case. And if you have that idea that I don't want to play right now, then you're not looking at it correctly.
Yeah, I I guess what my pushback would be is what's the if they're going to be playing all these games basically every other day because they're not traveling, you know, there's not concerned about oh they're you know they're having Fatigue, to fly across. Their, yeah, yeah, that doesn't exist. So they're playing these games every other day and they're playing multiple a day. You know, so we're expecting some of these games to start in the middle of the afternoon. It's gonna be like summer league. It's gonna be fun. Why can't the teams that are actually playing meaningful basketball just play more? And leave those other teams at home. Like, why can't they extend? Instead of playing eight games, they leave the three teams who don't need to be there or more uh, at home and play twelve. Yeah, I, I thought about that um, before this all kind of. Or does that math not make any sense? It, it makes sense mathematically. I would just probably say that the NBA would have the idea of like, well, if the Clippers and the Rockets play, you know, like five or six regular season games in this scenario, and then the playoffs start. They've already played each other a significant amount of games in a short window of time. They may as well have already played that playoff series if the Clippers and the Rockets ran into each other. You you see what I'm saying? I feel like you'd have like competitive fatigue and fan fatigue of well, of there's the 19 teams though. So that means there's 18 possible opponents. Yeah, well, because when you're talking about the Western Conference and I mean either conference, well, actually, how, how much further? How much further along is the Eastern Conference? So, for instance, the Thunder can finish anywhere from three to seven. Yeah, is it that close in the East where teams six can, to three, six it? to three? Yeah, Boston is vastly ahead. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Toronto's going to be the two seed. Milwaukee be the one seed. Boston is pretty much locked into the three seed, and then Indiana, I, Philly. I kind of wish the NBA would just ask teams like, "Hey." Do you want to keep your seed or do you want to potentially fight for a higher seed? If a team said, I want to keep my seed, fine, it's locked in. You're not going to play in the regular season games. And all the other teams that are like, no, I want to have a little bit more influence on my on our team's future, then they go play against each other to sort out the rest of the seeds. So that way, like LA, the L.A. teams, Milwaukee, they don't need to waste their time. If Phoenix and Washington don't really want to be a part of this, then go the fuck home. That's less people we have to test and take care of in quarantine. Yeah. I feel at that point, you get the teams that understand that we need to compete separate from the teams that just don't really want to be there. And at the end of the day, I even think teams like L.A. and Milwaukee would say, no, we want to play. We want to play some quote-unquote meaningless regular yeah. season games because we just need to get our legs back under ourselves. Sure. I mean, we see it all the time with just player injury. Well, yeah, like he was injured for four weeks. Now he's been practicing with a team for a week, week and a half. Then they go out there on the floor and they look lost because you can't practice game speed. So these players need to have games going into the postseason. Yeah. Like you can't get away from that fact. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I guess I just don't see the issue. What what the pushback would be is saying instead of twenty two teams, we're gonna play twenty. Yeah, that math would be that every team would need to play like nine point one games to make it the same number of total games. Mm-hmm. So everyone's gonna play ten. There's more games there, less people, less people at the facility. That seems like a, a a pretty easy win for me. And then you have those that skepticism out the door. I would love to know who's worried. Uh as as far as the health stuff, because that just didn't seem like that was really a concern, and maybe now that it feels like it's closer and going to happen, all of a sudden it's like, now yeah. they're getting nervous. Yeah. It's almost kind of like here. Like, this building has been empty since this all started. And on July 1st, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler Media will go back to normal. Truthfully, I'm like, oh, I don't know how excited <laughs> I am about people milling the hallways again. You know, just when I've been up here for my show every day, it's been easy because there's nobody here, so there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Other than the fact that now we've had a coworker test positive. <laughs> um, there's nothing to worry about, but when you add 50 people and people around here at Tyler are very social and like talking to and just up and down the halls constantly, like that's a different experience. So I wonder on some level if NBA players are having that where they weren't nervous and now that it's kind of knocking on the doorstep, they're getting 
yeah. a little bit more anxious. And, and that's certainly understandable. And again, like I'm not trying to crap on their fears for public health for themselves or for their families. Like those are all credible concerns. Um, but again, I keep falling back on the fact that the NBA has clearly planned for this. They've talked to numerous medical health professionals, scientists. They've got a panel of medical professionals that are trying to like we need to see like players, coaches, trainers, all their medical history so we can better have an understanding of who truly could be at risk if we take them to Orlando. But at the same time, you're going into a quarantine. You should be fine. In theory, if everybody just does what they're supposed to do, if anyone tests positive, it's a, it's going to be at the beginning of, of this entire process. I don't think people are going to be testing positive in the middle of the playoffs. Oh, you if, don't think so? If everybody does what they're supposed to nah, do. I think we'll get some people testing positive. Well, that's the out. problem. Yeah. And look, yes, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to um, like go to a city, go to a portion of a city and stay there for two months or three months. But look, you're not everybody's the Lakers. Washington, you're only going to be there for what? Two, three weeks? Like Phoenix, you're only going to be there for two or three weeks. You just go there for two or three weeks, make your money, and then you get to go home. Everybody else is going to have to stay there a little bit longer. So their concerns, you know, mean a, hold a little bit more water. Um, but teams like the Thunder, teams like um, Indiana, like teams that may win a first-round series, teams that might get bounced in a first-round series for all we know, like, okay, you might be there just a few more weeks. At the end of the day, like, the NBA is trying their best to make sure this is as safe as possible. They're trying their best to make sure that they're hearing as many voices as possible from every single angle to make sure that everybody feels included, everybody feels like they have a say in this, and to make sure that it's completely and utterly safe as possible. I just really am having trouble seeing, like, other than what you just brought up, that, okay, we're getting closer to it, now I'm getting a little freaked out. Just If you just go, it'll be fine. We think. We think. I mean, you're you way ha- more confident. You, than you have I to am. operate under that mentality. Otherwise, just go ahead and call the season. Sure. And you should have called. If that's the case, remember, like when this all started, I kept saying, like, I don't know if I said it to you on the shit on the radio, but I was like, call the season. I don't see how this can realistically work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I remember when this all started. Can they get Milwaukee and the Lakers just together to play a seven game series, like just those two teams, so we could have some form of a champion? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so yeah, I mean, we're a long ways away from that now. Just for clarity. If safety, if we want our players to be as safe as possible, that was priority number one. They shouldn't play. Yeah. Like that, I mean, that'd be the reality of it. So obviously, safety is not priority number one. Um, it's a factor. It absolutely is. I, bro, I, you're way more confident in. Well, clearly the players feel that, like, they feel that way, but they also understand, like, there's a healthy balance of safety and we have to pragmatically perform our jobs. Sure. To make money. Yeah, not yeah. just for now. But for later, because LeBron James, Russ Westbrook don't care about a thirty percent pay cut on their on their paychecks right now. They make more money off the floor anyway. Yeah. But I'm sure they're concerned about league financial standings for 2021, 22, 23 moving forward. And if they just call it right, they called it two months ago. Who the hell knows how that affects that moving or moving forward? So you have oh, yeah. to have that blind optimism of this is just going to work. <laughs> there's gonna be, yeah, I mean, there's gonna be cap ramifications either way. I, I guess my point is I I'm I'm happy they're trying like I'm more than that but I'm maybe I'm just naive but fuck if I know what's gonna happen like this bubble could burst at any moment like they could get down there and they could play two weeks and then all of a sudden be like well this is a disaster forty percent of the people here have the virus or they could go through the finals and no one tests positive after they bubble yeah my point is I'm just I think they should try it the the 
actions they're taking are different than the NFL, different than the MLB, different than college football, different than uh, NASCAR, different than everybody. Every one of these leagues is handling this a little bit differently as far as procedurally. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's doing the right thing. I don't know who's doing the wrong thing. And it could be a disaster. I like I'm totally braced for that as well. So again, it's not that they're coming back or that they're trying or that they have a plan, but I'm also just prepared for they get down there and they play three games and they go, fuck it, guys. 14 of our 15 Thunder players have the virus. We're going to have to come home. I'm also prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Like I just think there's so much unknown going on right now that I just wouldn't count on much of anything. Yeah. Again, I have a vacation in July. I don't know if I'm taking it. It's <laughs> June. Like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck if I know. Yeah. No, it's going to be, It's obviously it's going to be. I just realized I have a vacation in July and the season's supposed to start in July. July 31st. Well, I mean. I think mine's the week before. Well, I mean. So I think I'll be okay. Well, the Thunder. I just, I'm literally just now thinking through this. The Thunder have locked a playoff spot, so you'll be fine professionally. Yeah. Unless whoever pick, takes your spot is just miles better than you. That, that well, fuck, anybody here. Name a name someone with a pulse. That'll happen. Uh, who who, who we have like producers in waiting? We've got Madison. We've got Ryan. We've got Burton. Yeah, Chapman's been trying to get my job since I got it in January. Uh oh, uh oh. Ryan Chapman out there just waiting in the wings. Shark in the water, man. Yep. Actually, Chisholm, for this next segment, uh, I didn't prep you for this on purpose. Do we have a segment. Yes, we have a segment. Do we have I didn't want to prep you for this because I just want to see how quickly you can think on your feet. I want three. It can be people, it can be teams, it can be organizations, it can be any anything. Sure. I want three teams who have lost quarantine, like this this entire period of time. Yeah. Who have lost quarantine and three entities that have won quarantine. Daryl Morey's won. Daryl Morey has won one or lost. He's won quarantine. Okay. Because everyone was going to blame him when the cap dropped next year because of the Hong Kong stuff. Boom. And now that's like not even a story. No one cares about that. I like it. All right. Um, so they, yeah, they've won. Uh, the Clippers have won quarantine because home court advantage was going to be a big problem for them if they got to the Western Conference Finals because they'd be basically playing seven away games. Mm-hmm. Because I know the Clippers would be up. I mean, you know, you everyone get what I'm saying. There you go. Uh, by the way, this doesn't have to just be the NBA. It can be anything. Oh, but you know, those are two very good reasons. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Uh, James Harden's lost a lot of weight. I'm sure that's good for his health. Uh, you see, he's lost like 24 pounds or something like that. This is this is what will be truly funny, uh, really quick. If um, the NBA does like some form of tracing where they're like everybody have this bracelet on or everybody like put this in your phone so we can trace you. If you get sick, then we can better you know quarantine people. If <laughs> there's an outbreak of the virus and they trace it back to yes, it was uh, James Harden at the uh, oh god, it was at a strip club in Orlando. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> It was at Mickey Mouse's clubhouse. Oh, no. And James is like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> Do you think they should quarantine some strippers? Yeah, with Put James Harden. Put them in the bubble? Yeah, with James Harden. Yeah, they can find a place for him. Uh, other people who've won quarantine. You just need one more, and then you need three losers. There's A lot of people have won quarantine. Um, I think there's one gigantic entity that has won quarantine, and some news about them dropped recently. NASCAR? There you go. They, they won quarantine? They have absolutely won quarantine. Have they? Yeah, they drew a line in the sand about the Confederate battle flag. Uh, they've got a Black Lives Matter car, right? Or is that just yeah. a... Yeah. I don't know. That's right. Who Who's that? Is it... Oh, what's his name? The driver. Whose car is that? Bro, you think I can name two NASCAR drivers? Tony Stewart's the only one I know because he fought a bunch of people. And who I think he's retired. show? 
You think we're talking about NASCAR? That's been the big story of the day for the last two weeks. Yeah, you've seen, you, should, <laughs> you've, you haven't seen my tap dancing around that. Um, yeah, I mean, NASCAR is a good answer. I'm trying to think more, I mean, as far as like basketball teams. I, I'm just trying to keep it basketball related. Okay, you can keep it basketball. Uh, I think I think James Harden lost quarantine. I think he it's he's almost like uh, this is gonna be a horrible example. He almost like Markel Fultz did. Like someone told me he should rework his body. Oh, no. He's lost twenty four pounds. Like what made James Harden so good is that he could just go to the rim over and over and over again, take fouls, shoot free throws, and shoot three pointers, and kind of be durable. Part of that is like physical strength, right? Losing twenty four pounds that is a lot of well, muscle. Did, what? Did he lose 24 pounds of muscle, or did he lose 24 pounds oh, of... Oh, bro, I, it's I, muscle. I, did he lose Have you 20... seen the photo? Oh, yes. He looks like me. Well, like... See, you can lose you can lose bulkiness, but still be just as strong as you were. Yeah. And besides, it probably wasn't all muscle, probably wasn't all fat. I would imagine he lost 24 pounds primarily of, I can no longer go to the club and spend all this money on you know, expensive-ass champagne or whatever the hell he drinks. Sure. You know, like... I, Whenever I decided to lose weight, all I all I did for a month was just I'm not drinking anymore. And you'd imagine like it's it's amazing how much drinking kills your body. And once you take that away, it's like oh my god, I feel much better. I look better. Yeah, I'd imagine that's what probably happened with James. Okay, Harden. okay, okay. Um, Unless he just drinks alone at his home. Which uh, please, James, we're listening. We can we will listen to you. Yeah, no joke. you're not alone. <laughs> no joke. Um. Okay, let's see. Let's do people who lost quarantine. Okay. Uh, I would what? Yeah, go ahead. This this is this is for you. I thought you were just gonna start off with them, but go ahead. Who am I? Is there's there's a huh? please no no now you've led me down the path. Well, the Utah Jazz. <laughs> yeah, I mean they <laughs> quite clearly not only not only do their two best players hate each other, not only did they or they the ones who pretty much brought the coronavirus to the NBA. I mean, I know also that, the country. Yeah, and the country. Um, but the one unifying sports event that we all sat down and watched, you know, as a country, as a world, as basketball fans, the last dance, the last few episodes were just a just reminder of, on, sorry, just <laughs> you couldn't on beat Michael. No joke, man. Remember they, that 90s jazz fans? Yeah, they're taking strays from all over. <laughs> Boyan Bogdanovich broke his hand. Donovan Mitchell hates Rudy Gobert. It's a whole thing. And then, unfortunately, and this is this is just sad, but Jerry Sloan also passed away, and that's yeah, that's not really, good news. That's so. not good news. Yeah. So yeah, they that's a good one. That is an absolute. Good I don't one. know if anyone's lost it more. Yeah, in the NBA, that the seriously, that's a great one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Philadelphia 76ers have lost, even though I haven't seen it. I cannot imagine Joel Embiid's in shape. <laughs> he historically comes back from off seasons. Way out of shape. Well, see, Jokic does the same thing, but apparently he's got a six pack. And the quote was, "He's got a six pack now." And I'm like, "Well, what kind of six pack?" Yeah, there are yeah, there are different types of six packs. Yeah, I, like technically, we all have six packs, right? Just under a layer of fat. There you go. So, like, I, you know, I, I don't know how much is stock up, but Joel Embiid, we've seen no photos of anything. We saw one video of him jumping on a box. I don't know if that really proves a whole lot to me. There's a huge possibility he comes back and he is just dragging ass for three weeks. <laughs> Uh, I would say that is very likely that he's just dragging ass for three weeks. <laughs> so I, with with basing this off no actual hard information, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you the Sixers are gonna be a disaster when they come back. Well, I don't know. Ben Simmons is lifting weights now. Uh, did you see the pictures? Yeah. What? 
<laughs> he was squatting with dumbbells, and I'm I, like, that is, yeah, the, because that's what everyone's been concerned with—how strong you are. That is the one thing about fandom that, like, it's one of the many things that just gets on my nerves. Is like you see it a lot in college football during the off season. Like, remember last year, like Jalen Hurts like squatted like 500 pounds or whatever, and it was like this big video. It's like, okay, like that's a cool feat of individual strength, and it's like, I wish I could do that. That would be cool. But that has nothing to do with the fact that OU is going to either win or lose games. Like anytime a fan base is going like, oh god, they changed up their conditioning. Like they're going to be stronger and faster. Oh yeah, it's they like, got new strength. Oh, okay, that doesn't matter worth a fuck at all. Like yeah. I don't care what Ben Simmons is doing. Like I'm glad that he's staying in shape, but he's still not going to fucking shoot. Well, my problem <laughs> with that photo is that like was anybody questioning Ben Simmons' strength? Exactly. Like in was fact, anybody? I would imagine if him Kevin get, Durant was doing that, I'd be like, oh okay. I would imagine him bulking up would still. Like keep keep away from the fact that he can't shoot because once you're bulky, you really you know your shooting motion gets affected. Yeah, and also the bandana he's wearing is uh, um no longer allowed in the NBA, so that's a shame. Why is that? Well, remember the whole like remember oh, that was year? he wearing a ninja headband? Yeah, the ninja headband. It was all cool and everything. And then, why did they can those? Because they look too cool, I'd imagine. Okay, they look too cool. Remember when Dwayne Wade had the he had the band aid look? Yeah. And the NBA outlawed that too. Well, that was I remember that was LeBron stern. came with that black Teflon mask. That was Miami. awesome. That was super dope. And they and Im- immediately the NBA is like, that seems fun. No, no. And it's like this is not the NFL. Yeah, they got very NFL. Well, what's cooler, the the black mask or when Joel Embiid had like the Phantom of the Opera mask when he had his orbital orbital fracture and he like showed up um, to a playoff game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? Yeah, yeah. What was I it? think LeBron uh, looked the bad. Phantom of the Process. Yes, LeBron yes. looked terrifying though. I yeah, because he he's just he's a gigantic force of nature and just, and it was like nobody. I'm not knew, taking a charge from that guy. Nobody <laughs> knew it was coming. I could remember being on Twitter at the time. It was like right when I got one, and someone posting a photo of LeBron in that mask, and I was not watching the game, but I ran to a TV and turned because I just wanted to see it. Yeah. He wore it for two games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like every time they like rehash the Batman movies, yeah. and they have to always do like the origin story for at least an entire How many movie. Times has Bruce Wayne's parents died? Exactly. Like I don't want to see his parents die anymore. But they always have that scene where he finally puts the mask on for the first time, and either Alfred or like a bad guy sees him, and they're just terrified. But imagine like Nick Collison, who got his jersey retired mainly because he could take charges like no other. If he saw LeBron James coming for him in that mask, he'd be like, uh-uh, not yep. this time. No doubt. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have one more winner, one more loser. I think these are pretty easy. Okay. Uh, I think the winner is, obviously, it's everything that's going on right now in our country. I think none of this would have happened if we had sports. Exactly, yeah. I think the, the fact that the coronavirus made us all stop and pay attention to some things that we normally might have just because we had t- time. I think it's really put us in a great spot because of the tragedies that have been going on in our country. It's forced us to, and I hate that it's took this yeah. uh, for something to happen. But I, I think that timing worked out um, in that way. Uh, so I would say that's a big winner. So that's an easy, well, that's a layup, right? Well, yeah, that that's that's true. Um, I'll, I'll just really quick. I did want to ask you because I want to get your thoughts too. But you'd asked me on the radio earlier today about like players that. They don't want to go to Orlando. One of the reasons why is because they don't want to miss out on this movement of like possibly yeah. using their voice. Like, do you agree with my take? Because my whole take was, if I'm around that player that has that thought, I would stress to them: if you go play basketball in Orlando, only sport on TV. M- more people that have ever that that would never watch basketball in the first place will probably have it on TV. 
if you want to use your voice for positive change, that is the largest platform with the largest megaphone possible. More yeah. so than simply walking down the street with thousands of peaceful protesters. And again, I'm not crapping on that whatsoever. That's still strong. But you as an NBA player have a louder voice than you or me, more money, more influence. Go use it in that environment and you'd have more more ears, more eyes on you to say what you want to say. Yeah, I so I agree with that. Uh, my only thought when you said that was, I don't have a kid, but I can imagine that this would feel like a really impactful moment in your kid's life as far as like uh, kind of guiding what their worldview is going to look like. And I, I don't have one, but it would be tough for me as a father, I would think, to walk away from that, from that opportunity to help kind of uh, progress who my kid is going to be when he grows up. Because this feels like such a giant learning moment and you would just be absent from that for at yeah. least a month. Uh, that was my only pause. And that's just because I can't, I don't know what it's like to be a dad. So I don't know what the thought process is. There. Yeah. The family aspect of this all, like I, um, I like I'm halfway with it um, because people have to go on work trips all the time, like in, in other, and even in the NBA, like you're, you're away from your family for, I would assume half the year if they live in them, if you live with them at home in the market that you play in, cause you're on the road half the time. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of inherent with the job. But at the same time, this is a very important moment. Like we are living in history right now. Right. And, and so I, like I would want to be like when this all happened, I went back home because I didn't want to be by myself. I want to be like I don't have a brother or sister or a girlfriend or kids. I have parents. So I went back and lived with them for a month. Right. So yeah. I can understand that as well. Yeah. And so just it, this all the social justice stuff going on for a lot of these players, I could I would assume they probably want to be in their kids lives right mm -hmm. now just from a teaching moment. So I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'm never going to tell you about what they should or should not do, especially when it comes to stuff like this. So if some players decide they don't want to go. Yeah. And, appar them, and like. apparently like there, there are no consequences if they decide they, they don't want to go. The only consequence that they do get is, well, you're just not going to get salary for those games that you play. Right. Yeah. So the, like no ramifications. Like I, again, the NBA is trying their best to make sure that everybody, every player understands that no, we're. We're not trying to force you to do anything. We want you to be a part of this. Yeah. It's better if you're a part of this, but if you like, we're not going to crap on you if you say no. Yeah. Uh, so last loser, this is a layup and I've railed on him for weeks and it's been a blast, but baseball's really blown this and I don't, we don't need to talk about it a whole lot, but if you're looking for a league that's just handled this about every possible wrong way, like baseball has not only shown that they're not organized, they have no concept how to organize, but they've also shown the entire world they are the greediest mofos on the planet. Like, they are using COVID-19, a pandemic where 30% of the global deaths are in the United States, where people are losing brothers and sisters. I talked to Stacey King on the radio yesterday who lost his 50-year-old brother to COVID-19. And they're using that as a negotiating tip against players to try to get, at the time, they were trying to get a salary cap in. They backed off of that. But they tried that for two weeks. Yeah. They tried to use the coronavirus to get a salary cap in baseball for two weeks. I hope everyone can hear what. I, do you, does everyone understand how greedy that is? Yeah, they're not. They're, they weren't really focusing on negotiating. How can we come back? They were and, not trying to perform our back. jobs. Yeah, they were trying, they were to, get trying the best to get financial. Deal they were trying they to get bullshit done. They were trying like, to get the best financial deal they could for the long term instead of just worrying about baseball for this season. That's fucked up, and that's super greedy. Forty-five plus million Americans are unemployed right now, or drawing unemployment. And billionaires and millionaires are fighting over tens of thousands of dollars and silly little bullet points on their contracts. Yeah, yeah. So again, it like the co the negotiations going on right now with the prorated salaries, number of game stuff. Like, eh, like, okay, at least I can kind of understand that. But when the first negotiation was baseball trying to put a salary cap on in perpetuity, mm -hmm. I was like, that has nothing to do with what's going on. You're just 
trying to get a benefit out of the coronavirus long term. That's not okay. Yeah. So, um, big loser. Easy one. Uh, I don't know if you guys talked about it at all, but I mean, if baseball does come back, what if they came back during the period of time where it basketball is on and then the NFL and college football are on? They're going to get destroyed. Yeah, they'll get destroyed in the ratings. Yeah. And even like, I'm sure the date's going to be renegotiated and Woj's are kind of already talked about it. Um, the whole December 1st start date. Um, in theory, like as it stands right now, the NBA is going to be like not playing for like just over a month. So baseball coming back, with college football, football, which kills in ratings, the NBA, which kills in ratings, except for the last year. But when you're comparing it to baseball nationwide, it kills in the ratings. Globally, of course, it kills in the ratings. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Sounds like it's past its time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that was. I don't know how good of a job I did. I'm sure I missed somebody. No, that was wonderful. Fat Joel Embiid was one of them. We don't even know if he's fat. <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, the Utah Jazz and uh, what was the other one that I said? Oh, NASCAR. Yeah. That was basically all I wanted to say, but you uh, did a wonderful job. Thank you. When you weren't even prepped. Chisholm, until next week, it's going to be fun. Uh, I've sent the email. I've done my job. Yeah. Um, looking forward to potentially uh, some good food at the press. Hopefully. Love hopefully, doing hopefully. that Doing that there, and it's not a long drive for you, so good for you. Um, I might walk next Wednesday. Yeah, unless you'll blow away if it's like 80 mile, mile an hour winds outside. That's not a joke. I'm like, what the hell is this, Lubbock? This is awful. <laughs> yeah, no joke. No, um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the weekly show. Hopefully next week it's the full court press on the OKC82 podcast. But also, later this week, uh, tomorrow or Friday, um, I was going to drop this on Monday, but she's in Colorado. I wanted her to actually be in cell phone reception land um, when I dropped it. But I did record a little sit-down interview with Miss Madison Morris. Uh, nothing really basketball-related, but it, we just kind of dove into Madison's life. Um, from the time that she was in high school, going into college, um, why she ended up doing you know this job, and then we kind of talked about like what's it like doing it as a woman, covering millionaire male athletes, primarily working around men in the workplace, um, at the arena, at practice facilities, what that's like. It was really fun. Madison's always fun to listen to and talk to, so look forward to that at the end of the week. Chisholm, get out of here. <laughs> Adios. Bye.